0: What incredible sight, what an incredible sight it must have been for these people back 2,000 years ago living in this small fishing village called Capernaum on the edge of the Sea of Galilee when at a particular moment, a, a day that Mark records in Mark chapter 3 and beginning in verse 7. When they were able to look across those fields or maybe look at what was coming to their city and see this incredible multitude of people descending upon them, to see thousands of people, some from Jerusalem, some from Judea, some from Tyre, Some from the region of Sidon. There were thousands of people from from all over. And they were coming to the sea. And as you looked out and you saw this great multitude, here's what you saw. You saw a lone figure out in front of this great multitude leading them. When he paused, they paused. When he turned to the left, they turned to the left. When he stopped, they stopped. When he sat down, they sat down. It was obvious that this man named Jesus was their leader. And it only makes sense that he was their leader. You see, they've been following him, and and they heard him teach. Teach in ways that nobody else, with authority like nobody else had ever taught. Uh, They've seen him take five loaves of bread and and a couple of fish and turn them into this great feast for thousands. They've seen him uh, heal and address any type of disease that was brought to them. And he took care of it. They've seen him control and be in charge of demons that obeyed his every command. And as they watch him, they, they're, they're, they're seeing someone that, in their minds, is this great leader who has come to bring our nation back to prominence. They had high hopes. They had these great expectations that I think were were even higher. But all too quickly, those hopes and those expectations were dashed. They were dashed when on one Friday. When on one Friday. They saw their seemingly awesome leader hanging on a cross. Not as a great leader, but as a helpless lamb. They they saw no great champion of their cause anymore. They, They saw no Amazing leader that was going to take them to places that they hadn't been as a nation for years. What they saw was a defeated carpenter's son. Who couldn't back up all the grandiose claims that he had made. That's what they think they're seeing. No more multitudes. No more groups of people shouting, Hosanna! 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 All they see now, all that can be heard are a few mockers, throwing insults his way, saying things like, he, 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 he saved others, but he, <laughs> he can't save himself. No more multitudes, no more shouting voices of Hosanna, just loneliness as he dies on the cross. The scene begins becomes even darker. It shifts from the cross to a tomb. with this great big large stone that's sealing its entrance and seemingly again sealing away the, the, the dead body of Jesus. And as people come by and they look at this stone and they know what's behind that stone, his followers probably coming to this awareness and, and that, shout, that stone, they look at it and it declares one sad, sad and resounding message, and that message is dead end. It's just a dead end. We, we've been following him, and we had all of these hopes and, and we thought he was leading us somewhere special. But it's a dead end. That was Friday. But then came Sunday. It's on Sunday that in an instant, this very sad and disappointing scene is interrupted with the voice of an angel that says, he is not here. He's risen. Don't look for Him here. He's not here anymore. He's risen. He's our risen Lord. You see, it appeared that this was a dead end. But in truth, it was just the beginning. It was an instant that declared the greatness and the magnitude of who Jesus really was. That he was just exactly who he said he was. That he was the son of God. And he was the son of God who, who not only had the power to lay down his life, but he had the power to take it up again, like he said. He, he, he was a one who wasn't just the leader that they thought he was. He was the greatest leader ever known to mankind. You see, he wasn't a great leader because of all of his teachings. He wasn't a great leader because of even his miracles. He wasn't a great leader because he was going to change the political landscape of his day. He's now a great the greatest leader because he's leading people to their eternal salvation. He's leading them beyond the despair of upcoming sin and death in their lives. He has become the Messiah who was raised, who became the spiritual leader of our salvation and eternal life. This is the gospel story. This is a story that always takes center stage on the day known as Easter. But it's a story that looks backwards. It's a story that looks backwards to a very, very important, essential moment in time. It it is the crux of the Gospels. It's the crux of the good news. It's a very heartbeat of the life of Jesus Christ, which is that He lived and He died and he was buried, and he became the redeemer of all who were lost. That's the look backwards. But as we turn the last page of the Gospel of John, and we turn the page and and we enter into the narrative of Acts, we're going to see a whole different Jesus. We see. Maybe the last picture of Jesus, I was going to say on earth, but that's really not true, because when we turn the page, what we see is Jesus with His feet off the ground. (laughs) Ascending, Gary, as you were talking about, ascending into heaven. But here's what I want us to understand, that as He ascends into heaven, don't get the wrong picture. Don't just get this picture and think maybe Jesus in his mind is saying, Hey, listen, I'm just going home. I'm dusting my hands off of, 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 of what's gone on here. I did. I came. I did what the Father asked me to do. I suffer. I died. And now I'm going back to where I belong. And I don't want anything else to do with these people who put me on that cross. He wasn't going home to get rid of us. He wasn't going home to detach himself, as Bill so uh, uh, beautifully told us last week, from humanity, from us. That's not what he was going back to heaven for. He was going back to be the reigning champion of our salvation. That's why he was going home. He was going home for you, and he was going home for me. This lesson this morning is another one of our lessons in our series titled, But We Do See Jesus. And this this lesson, as as it's been in our series, is, is connected to this idea of seeing Jesus. Not simply going back to the Gospels that show us one image of Jesus, but going beyond the Gospels, going into the rest of the revelation of God through the Spirit, and seeing Jesus as He is now. Not just what he was, and that's so incredible and so important. It's the, it's the hub of our relationship with Jesus as far as who we saw him to be. But it's now that we want to see who he is today and how he's doing and living for us. We no longer see him leading his followers, leading maybe possibly thousands down to the sea. What we're seeing and what we're going to see today and what we want to realize about our Jesus now is He's leading millions. And He's leading millions. Not to some place here on earth, but He's leading millions to the glory of heaven. That's who He is now. This is a truth. This is a, a an, an idea. This This picture of Him leading us. This great champion of our salvation is right here in the heart, I think, of this theme scripture we've been using. Hebrews chapter 2, 9 through 10. We've looked at this scripture every single week, I think. It's right here when... When the Hebrew writer says, but we do see him, right, who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their of our salvation through suffering you see the picture here is yes for a little while he took on the human frame for a little while he was made lower than the angels for a little while he had to suffer for a little while he had to uh die and be entombed, and he did that in order that he might be able to taste of death for us, for all of humanity. But that was just for a little while. But now we no longer see him like that. We see him, as the writer says, crowned, not with the ignobility of this world but we see him crowned with glory and with honor at the very right hand of God eternal. He is crowned the author of our salvation. Well, maybe you noticed, and maybe you're asking, so which is it? (laughs) Is he the champion of our salvation, or is he the author of our salvation? Well, here's what's interesting about this passage of Scripture. This word, author, that he says, the author of our salvation, is a word in the Greek archegos. And what's interesting about this word is that, yes, sometimes it is translated as author. But sometimes, like in Acts chapter 5 and verse 13, or Acts chapter 3, I'll I'll start there in chapter 3 and verse 15, it's translated as prince, at least in the New American Standard. But also over in Acts chapter 5 and verse 31, it's translated, same word, as leader, author, prince, leader, same word. But here's the interesting thing that I've discovered, is that for the person in the first century who spoke greek this same word was also a word that they could use and say champion the champion of the cause they would look at someone and they would say some might say there goes the leader there's the beginner of our cause but it was just as right and they might say there he is the champion of our cause. And so, this morning, I want us to look, yes, at the author and the leader, but I want us to see Jesus as our ever-living champion, the one who is championing our salvation for us each and every day. You see, Jesus didn't just author. He didn't just create And found our salvation 2,000 years ago on the cross. He is now championing our salvation every single day. For those of us who put our faith in Him, He every day is leading us. and, And all others who believe, He's leading us to His victory. The victory over sin and over death. And, and, and maybe you're thinking, well, that, that's uh, what money, uh, uh, what does that really kind of look like? Well, I don't know, but, but here's, here's how I see it. Here's what I see him doing for you and for me. Every, every day, practically, every time that we fall victim to temptation, and we do, and we sin. Every time that sin comes into our lives, I want you to see Jesus, your champion in heaven, waving His flag, the flag, the banner of His blood. I I see their sin, but here's my blood that atones for their sin. And and it makes them holy and pure and righteous again in, in the sight of God. And every time that our unrighteousness seeks to judge us as unworthy of God's grace, do you feel that sometimes? Our champion Jesus is there waving the banner of his justification through faith. He's waving the banner and he says, yeah, I know that there are voices that said you're unrighteous, but here's the justification that I provided through my death and through my resurrection, and in that justification, this great display of the, the love of God, which we can never, because of our champion, be separated from. No matter what we come across and whatever we experience in life, we know that our champion is interceding, as Paul says in Romans 8, he's interceding for us. He's waving his banner of justification for us. And, and, and this is what I love about this passage here you're looking at. Our champion is making us champions. He's making us, he says, overwhelming conquerors through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what comes up against you in your life. It doesn't matter what threatens you physically. You know that you are a champion because your champion lives forever and intercedes for you. And, And every time In our lives. When we experience this reality of our bodies failing and death seeking to claim us as His, there He is again. Our champion Jesus, this time waving the banner of the empty tomb. (laughs) The empty tomb, proclaiming that He has risen. Every time that death comes to us, and claims to have victory over us. He waves the banner of our victory over sin and gives us life, the life that we so desperately want, beyond this world. You see, because he's the champion, we get to sing the victor song. You know the Victor song, right? Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, let's sing it together. Follow after me. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I wish that was the end of my sermon, but I got more. (laughs) Praise God for our victory. You see, we're not following Jesus today because we're expecting Him to turn five loaves and two fish into a feast for us. We're not following Jesus today because we expect Him to supplant all of the evil rulers that are in this world, even though that would be such a blessing. You see, we're following Him today because we know that He is our resurrected and reigning champion who daily defeats sin and death for us. And who ultimately is on this great mission Of leading all who put their faith in Him to eternal salvation. Faith and salvation. The very thing that Peter wrote about in 1 Peter chapter 1. When he said, and though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. And you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith, of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Jesus is now championing our salvation. And and we're so thankful for that. But I wanted to leave you with one last thought here about who Jesus is now. Jesus is also the one, the champion, who is urging you and me to endure. We're still here. We're not where He is yet, but He's calling us to endure temptations and troubles in this life seek to weaken our faith and to cause us to give in and to give up at times. But our champion, the one who authored and perfected faith, the faith that we live in each day, the one who endured the cross on our behalf, who's now seated with God in glory, he is asking us to do one thing. Keep your eyes on me. No matter what this life brings to you, no matter what trouble, no matter what sin might entangle you, no matter what might come your way that would seek to distract your attention, don't go there. Keep your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. Jesus, your champion today is cheering you on saying this. You keep fighting just like I kept fighting. You keep enduring to the very end just like I endured to the very end. And you don't grow weary Just like I didn't grow weary. And when you endure. You are going to celebrate and partake. In my victory in heaven. Forever. Forever. This morning. Because of the empty tomb. We now see. And and we now know. That Jesus is our author. That he is our leader. And he is the champion of our salvation. We now know who Jesus is. And because of who we know Jesus to be, we know now who we are. He is leader. He is author, He is champion, but we are followers. We are the ones that are enduring and continuing to follow Him. And this morning, my encouragement to you is you keep following in faith. You keep enduring to the very end. And you keep listening to his call and following him as he takes you one day. <laughs> not to the shores of Galilee, but to the very shores of heaven itself. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want you to see this this idea of the empty tomb, this resurrection, and I want you to know, and I, say, I know it, it sounds amazing, but it's true, you today, spiritually speaking, can experience your own resurrection. You can enter into the waters of baptism by putting your faith in Jesus, repenting of your sins, and He's going to bring you up, He's going to resurrect you. To be new and holy and righteous in the sight of God. And he's going to place you in the family of the saved. Would you not have a resurrection today while we stand and while we sing?